Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. It's Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today. Time to dive into the waiver wire as FST on this Wednesday afternoon starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio, at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizzapia17. Joe will be out at the FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend at the Meadowlands, helping you win some DFS, some season-long action. For those of you who don't have Zumo TV, download that app. You can watch us live. Also, you can watch us on the Fantasy Sports Network app as well. But this show is radio, and here we talk fantasy football during the football season. And we'll move closer to baseball as we uh, as we kind of inch toward that, the winter meetings and such. Make sure you download and like this show. Remember, even though you're listening live, you can listen to us in podcast form. Go to the iTunes store, Google Play, Stitcher, Audioboom.com. You can listen to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get all of your fantasy news and notes. And speaking of which, Joe, let's kind of dive into this and start off with the San Francisco 49ers, who all of the people in San Francisco are starting to scour waiver wires and scour practice squads to see if they can find a new, a new wide receiver. And, uh, you know, George Kittle's day-to-day. Emmanuel Sanders' day-to-day. Looks like he's a game-time decision. What happened to Marquise Goodwin? I was a fan of Marquise Goodwin, Joe. What, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's like he was Jimmy G's favorite guy. Remember what that? Happened? There was a there was a couple weeks. There was a month where Marquise Why is Goodwin Kendrick was Bourne the man. playing? I don't get it. I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> I guess they just I like that Goodwin. Marquise, and Goodwin's so fast. Like, you would think. I, I guess don't here's get this one at all. Uh, I think here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan's offense is not the kind that's taking shots downfield. Um, like they are the slant machine. This is a offense that's run the football and they're slant machine over the middle. And that's why if you have a really good linebacking core, really good safeties, who can come up and play them. They're going to give them fits. I'm telling you right now, like they're going to give the 49ers offense fits. And that's why they turn the ball over too, because they constantly attack the middle. And when you're constantly attacking that, you're kind of throwing the ball where there's a lot more guys potentially. And that's a problem. But this is a tough week for the injuries for the 49ers. Yeah, Kittle like banged it, up. Yeah. Manuel Sanders, day-to-day. And then you got Matt Breida, who might miss some time with the ankle injury. Mm. So we're talking about your your best friend, Mostert, maybe getting a look again. Yeah, I think Garrison Hurst will be a good option. This <laughs> Garrison Hurst right now or David Johnson, who's healthier? Uh, Ricky Waters. <laughs> Ricky Waters. Nice. Uh, but look, seriously, though, this – all this does is tell you that how valuable potentially Debo Samuel could be, because even if these guys are on the field, how healthy is anybody? And I think that the healthiest guy is Debo coming off a really big game. I think you absolutely would throw him out there and start him. The Cardinals also struggle a great deal, actually, because the linebacking course, not very good there. They struggle a great deal. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can make a trade for Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo. I'm telling you Debo right now. And Debo is very good at, those crossing routes that they like to run too. And he's finally healthy enough that he's in there and he's understood the offense. It took him a couple of weeks to understand the offense. Then he got hurt and now he's back and he looks real good. So even if Sanders and Kittle are on the field, 
don't discount Debo because Debo is the healthiest option. He might not be the most talented or the biggest name, but he's certainly the healthiest. And I think you're going to see a ton filtered to him, especially because when you consider the matchup, because the Cardinals struggle mightily against tight ends and against slant receivers and go back and look at the last couple of weeks and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, could Jeff Wilson will be active and he's he's a good guy near the goal line, too. So I'm not I'm not so sure about most of this week. Uh, boy, Chris Herndon, what a waste <laughs> of a draft pick this guy was. Now, look, he didn't go until late in every draft, so I'm not going to. I mean, would you take him in the 12th round? He was He's the Austin Safarian Jenkins of 2019. The Jets always give you one of those every year. He, I mean, he just did nothing. I mean, he literally, did he play? Did he get? Did he get a catch this year? Or no? uh, it's a good I don't question. Think so right? I think I know he was, he was active last week. Yes, he kept but he didn't, I don't think he caught a ball. Hold on, hold on. I gotta look here because now, now you got me lift because I love a good bit, and this feels like a good bit. Um, all right, over under one and a half catches for the year for him. Under. You are correct. Last week he caught one ball for seven yards, oh, and yeah. okay. he's done. Yep, one ball for seven. That's it. So the other guy's gonna play. What's his name? Griffin. <laughs> Griffin. Peter Griffin's gonna play. Griffin no, Ryan, may be Ryan Griffin. Up. Well, considering Ryan Griffin had a couple moments there, he had a couple moments against the Dolphins. And um, look, I think he is worth picking up. And I'll tell you what, even more to the point too. Besides, like just picking him up, I think when you remember too for the Texans, I believe he used to play. Ryan Griffin had a couple moments. He's not a terrible football player. The Texans just don't use a tight end. They drafted him by the way. Who the, uh, Warring is his name. I have him in my yeah. dynasty league. I think for well, Fells right now looks like the guy. Oh, no, Fels looks good, but he's a free agent after the year. Right. So right now, Ryan Griffin certainly could be that this guy that you could pick up. But I'll tell you what, even more to the point is DFS, because you're talking about a really low salary. You're talking all he has to do is catch a touchdown. And if he does that, boom, he returns value. That's all you need in DFS for him. He's got two touchdowns in that game against Jacksonville. Then he had six catches for 50. And then last week against the Giants, which should have been a good matchup. Herndon was on the field, too, so you really don't know. I got to go back and see how many snaps he took. But you would think he goes right back in to that same mold of, hey, he's got an opportunity there. We'll see what happens. Uh, matchup, decent enough, but we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I think Ryan Griffin's on the radar. Yeah, and I, and I think that at this point, any tight end, especially with Hooper being out, has to be looked at. Uh, James Conner looks okay for this week. I feel like he's been on the injury report virtually every week this season. I'm more curious to see Snell. I'm an owner of his long term. Uh, and also Tyler Lockett. Uh, Pete Carroll said should be okay and that's what I would say if I was the coach with no game this week there's what, what would be the point of saying anything else right like no I mean you just got to hope that it, it seems like from what I read it was a contusion that was just really bad and the swelling was in a really bad spot potentially where the blood flow was an issue so that's why he went to the hospital for it so it's very you know obviously anything with blood flow issues that's a problem so luckily they were on it right away one would hope that with the two weeks off that he can come back and play but I'm telling you right now, make some choices because there's a there's a chance you could be without him for that week, especially off that huge win that they just had. Uh, and then James Conner, look, Conner's a guy that you're right. He has been on the injury report every single week. And this yeah, is my concern week. about Conner this year is that Conner has this history of always being banged up. And last year, he started to show a lot of wear and tear as the season went on. And that was concerns. And that's why I have zero Conner shares in any league this year. But yeah, I, I would definitely, that's why I keep thinking that Pittsburgh He's either going to challenge or they're going to bring in somebody else. What I know about you Benny, like Benny Snell? Snell? What are you I don't know. With you? I feel Benny like Snell. you now where I'm going to say Benny Snell's not happening. It's not happening. He's going to feel I like mean, it's not Benny happening. Snell's going to get a chance. I, I continue to say it. I'll say it again next year. He's going. To I hope get he a does. I'm, I he was too I good. He should look Debo Debo Samuel. Also, I knew he would get a shot. The guys who play in the SEC at a very high level get a chance in the NFL. Doesn't mean that they're going to succeed. Uh, Samuel was fantastic in Mississippi. Uh, Benny Snell was fantastic at Kentucky. They're good. This is the highest level of college competition. I don't care what the advanced metrics and what the combine stats say. They did it in 
big games against guys who play in the NFL. And that's why I think Snell gets a chance. Does he succeed? Look, I don't know the answer to that. I don't, not a trained coach, but from a fantasy perspective, he's somebody that I want more, uh, more longer term, no doubt. All right. uh, So that's the latest in terms of injury, by the way, coming up at two o'clock Eastern, Dr. Roto will be along with full-time fantasy and give you more of an update as to who is in and who is out on the injury report today. Uh, All of the uh, wagering contests come out today, the lines and the super contest and also the golden nugget contest, the Circa, and one of the more interesting games that we'll have to have lines posted later today, and hopefully we'll get some more clarity on this, is, of course, the Lions quarterbacking situation where, as of recording this show right now, we still don't know if Matthew Stafford is going to be in or out this week, but clearly that's a very big one from a fantasy perspective. So stay tuned. An hour from now, Dr. Roto will be along. He'll tell you everything that's going on in fantasy. Also, 4 o'clock Eastern over on Sports Grid. Catch our good friend and producer, Sean Guastamacchia, at the betting window. He'll be along as well. All right, a quick time out here. We'll come back and take a look at some of the awards in Major League Baseball, dive into a little features too. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Bish and Joe Pizzapia. We're off and running for the second hour, and we'll be right back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you. The general managers meetings are going on right now. And if last year didn't teach you anything about Major League Baseball, here's how it works now. Uh, We talk a lot. We make up a lot of stuff. And then in February, things happen. Now, that's not to say that players won't be signed before then, but I hope people learn their lesson from last year, which is as follows. Uh, There are some people and some reporters, without naming names, that need clicks. They work for clicks. There has to be a story. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, If you're a writer and you have to dig and find out stories, you, you have to have something. So that doesn't necessarily mean that anything is particularly close in terms of free agency or trade. But if you are a reporter that writes about trades and you have none, what are you doing? So keep this in mind as you follow the the season in Major League Baseball. No indictment on anyone. This is their job. Now, fortunately, there are some people who don't need the clicks, and that's why it's kind of better to follow those people along. Uh, But that being said, we've had some awards given out, Joe. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, the American League Rookie of the Year. National League Rookie of the Year, uh, Pete Alonso, Manager of the Year. First time ever given to a manager who never played in Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals. Rocco Baldelli, given Manager of the Year of the Minnesota Twins. And so uh, we'll head into 2020 and be interesting to see as we get closer to baseball season here in a couple of months uh, who some other potential award winners will be. It's kind of fascinating to have that guy there didn't play with manager of the year. And that just goes to show you, too. I mean, if you don't know the game and you understand people, you know, sometimes uh, it can be a little overrated. Kind of fun to see Rocco Baldelli. Were those the guys you would have voted for? I'm curious. I mean, I'd vote for Kevin Cash every year. (laughs) I mean, that that was a lot of people were basically saying Cash should have won this year. But Baldelli came from Cash. 
Right, and Baldelli did a good job. I mean, you know, that oh, yeah, they were great. Was a, they were juggernaut. <laughs> they were fantastic. Well, what's what's interesting is the guy who is responsible for uh, their offense, his name uh, is James Rousen, and the Twins uh, had over 300 home runs, and the Marlins uh, stole him away, and now he is the bench coach of the Marlins. So we'll see if Miami ends up digging into the twin system for some offensive players. And also we'll see how the twins respond to that job, because that's a big, well, part there's some players in that twin system. That's for sure. Trevor Larnick comes to mind right off the top of my head. They have, they've got a couple guys. <clears throat> twins are in a good spot. Twins are in a real good spot. Uh, definitely. But uh, looking forward in these, uh, these guys, Jordan Alvarez, you know, I don't know if people realize this. I know it was the PCL, but before he got called up, he had 23 home runs and 71 yeah. RBI. So total, he had 50 home runs and 149 RBI on the season between AAA and major leagues. Now I guess he was getting, you know, all of his, you know, the drum beats for, you know, fastball, curveball, and everything else. Um, but in terms of a player, when you're looking at just raw power, talent, this guy at 23 years old, my goodness. He, you know, everyone has their comps for him. To me, he reminds me right away when I saw him. It, it was the same feeling I had the first time I saw Juan Gonzalez. I remember seeing Juan Gonzalez play in a minor league all-star game for the first time. It's like ESPN2 used to broadcast that. This is before you had the internet and all that stuff. And I remember seeing this guy, and he was just huge. I'm going, wow, look at this guy. This guy's got monstrous power. And there he is just hitting bomb after bomb. And I said, this guy's going to be unbelievable. And Gonzalez obviously turned out to be that. Enhanced, perhaps, but whatever. Who wasn't? Um, But Jordan Alvarez, to me, when you look at the numbers, Greg, and you go and you dig through um, you know, the minor league stats, he always hit for a good average. The power was really always there. It's come on a lot of late. I always like to look at the double A numbers, double A numbers. The guy had a thousand OPS and the 615 slugging. I don't see a world where Jordan Alvarez does not repeat as at least a 35 home run guy hitting around 300, 290 next year. Do you see any holes in this game so far? For you? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, the Gonzalez comp physically and power wise is good. But of course, Gonzalez is a right handed hitter. And yeah, I just meant like physically. Alvarez That's right. what I meant. No, I don't mean. I don't mean. I meant like the physical, right? Big yeah, the guy. The, guy, the, guy. The, the comp for him is Carlos Delgado. That's that's what most people feel like. That's that's who he is. 35, 40 home runs, left side, first base, DH. Um, oh, Delgado was a catcher. A lot of people forget that. Yes, first year. I I think that I think that you're probably looking at the same. What's amazing to me about Alvarez's situation is that Kyle Tucker was so much more highly touted than him going into virtually every season that this guy kind of moved ahead and is, is really incredible. So, well, that gives uh, you a great chance, by the way, to go buy Kyle Tucker. Now I'm not sure about in that. dynasty keeper leagues. Well, but if he, why, if he doesn't get the shot there, does he get a shot somewhere else? Yeah. But then again, it would come down to where he is, you know, like, I he guess here's up, my he point ends up is in a San Francisco. Joe, are you excited about that? Once upon a time where a guy was a can't miss, whatever, all of a sudden his prices come way down. If you can get him in a deal, in a package, in a dynasty league this offseason or you're trading picks or whatever, I think it's a great it's always a great time to take a shot on a guy like that. Sometimes they rebound. It's, sometimes it's they not don't. much. I'm not sure. There's enough people who don't like him. That's the problem for me. Uh, mm-hmm. OK, uh, Pete Alonzo was a nationally rookie of the year. We talked about that in 2020. Joe, you want to throw out some names here who you think have a shot here at the rookie of the year? Uh, yeah, but real quick. First, uh, Alonzo, I look at this guy and. I, I could not be more bullish and I'm a self-loathing Met fan. So everything about me with the Patriots is on the other end of the spectrum and everything negative. It comes from my Mets. And I, and I was like, this is going to be a negative, whatever, but not Alonzo. I always feel like the sky is falling as a Met fan, but Alonzo, I didn't get why more people weren't on him in last year's black book. I compared him to Cody Bellinger in terms of like statistical profile. Like this guy's going to come up. He's going to hit for power right away. And he's going to be very good. Now we all remember what happened to Cody Bellinger the second season, the sophomore slump. Now, when you go back and you look, Again, double A, always a really good, uh, much better you know, idea of how good a player, in my opinion, really is. 
He hit 314 with a 440 OBP and a thousand plus slugging. So a thousand OPS. So when I look at those numbers, I think there's actually better batting average, less home runs next year for Pete Alonso. I think last year he kind of sacrificed in September a lot of that batting average because he knew he was chasing that record. So I guess my question to you before we go to the other guys is, do you think Pete Alonso is a guy that you are concerned with a sophomore slump? Or is this basically you're getting a 40 home run corner infielder in fantasy? I think you're probably getting the same. I, there'll be a little bit of an adjustment on the pitching end, but I, I mean, I would I, I would guess I don't think the totals are out yet. I would guess that they'll set his home run total in Vegas at about 34, 35. So seems about fair. I think that's probably where he'll be. So, yeah, I would expect something similar this year. All right. Yeah. And looking forward to next year uh, in the American League, Joe Adele obviously comes to mind. Joe Adele has been a guy that a lot of people were high on last year. He missed significant time, obviously, uh, with some injuries. But in terms of, you know, the talent, certainly it's there. Uh, certainly a guy with a little bit of speed, too. Certainly has the pop. People love the athleticism. He's going to be just 21 years old. I don't know how much you've gotten to see of him because I know you're down there getting to see a lot of different players at different times in the fall league this year. He had a pretty good showing three home runs in the 24 games in the fall league. Uh, but uh, it seemed a little spent, I guess, is the best way. Uh, I know uh, Welsh, who I do Blackwick with, he's out there in the fall league, seeing a lot of games, and he said he looked a little tired, like he was kind of just done. So my question to you is, this is a guy that climbed all the way to AAA last year, AA numbers, very good, hit 308 with a 944 OPS. So is Joe Adele, you think, ready to step in, and will they make room for him in that Angels outfield? I think, yeah, I, I think that he may not play at the very beginning. The service time issue always comes into play if, if there's no contract, but I think that he's a strong candidate for sure for rookie of the year. Um, the guy that I will pick for rookie of the year is uh, is Nate Pearson. I think uh-huh. that that's the way that I will go. Um, yeah, I've seen enough of him pitch both uh, on television and in person to believe that he's the top pitching prospect, I think, in the American League, if not all of baseball. And he's going to be in that rotation. If I asked you to name me a Blue Jay starter right now for 2020, no. you can't do it. Nope. So <laughs> you can't do it. And it's going to be three free agents. Uh, Blue Jays are probably not going to be great again, but they'll be better. They have three young hitters that everybody knows in Biggio, Guerrero, and, and Bichette. And I think that Pearson has a shot to crack the rotation, make 20 starts, throw 150 innings, and win 10 games, which is rookie of the year fodder in the American yeah. League. So. My pick would be Robert um, for the White Sox because I think that's a when, when you see them going with Aloy and you see the youth movement, you see Moncada having yes. a really good yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I think Luis Robert is going to uh, have a real opportunity there. Young kid with the White Sox last year went from high A to double A to triple A. Whenever these guys start rising quickly like that, I mean, again, surface time may be an issue. Maybe they'll keep him down, but the guy looked really good cumulatively. When you look at last year, 2019, 32 home runs, 92 RBI, 36 steals, yeah, 328. I mean, this guy just looks like he's absolute money. On the National League side, uh, Gavin Lux and Dylan Carson. Carlson are the two names. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So f- is there one that you prefer more than the other, or do you have any takes on either of these? Uh, I mean, Lux, I, I think. I mean, uh, Carlson's numbers I don't think are going to pop off the page. I think he's like a 15, 16 home run guy. So I don't know that he would be rookie of the year uh, category there. NL, I think, is more wide open. Uh, I would take a stab at Carter Keyboom if Rendon is gone. It opens up a spot for him. Um, that would be, you know, it's always difficult. I really don't have a great one. I really don't have a great one. I mean, the guy hit three. Gavin Lux hit 392 in the PCL last year over 50 games. And it's a PCL, so you just don't know what to take. But if you go back to last year at double A, he hit 313 there. So even if this is a guy who can come up and hit 285 in the big leagues and give you a little bit of pop and it seems like that's doable i don't think he's a 30 home run guy necessarily but i think he's a 15 to 20 home run guy i think lux could be that guy and i guess the question is do the dodgers make room for him i think they do i think i think he'll again service time first month but we'll start the season more or less with the big league team all right coming up next it's time to dive into the waiver wire it is waiver wire wednesday in fantasy football don't go away 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? It's hump day. Waiver Wire Wednesday. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Well, then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for lineups and tournaments using the DailyRoto.com NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com. You know what? That's where millionaires are made. Also, millionaires are made if you're playing in a high-stakes fantasy league this week. you got to make a decision on the waiver wire. And uh, the number one pickup in all fantasy leagues, without a doubt, is Brian Hill of the Atlanta Falcons. It's been very clear. Discussed this at length. Devonta Freeman's out. Minimum of a week, maybe two. I think they'll give Hill an extended look and even play with Freeman. Potentially, we've talked about that before. Uh, anybody else on the radar, Joe? That's, to me, a very valuable add in fantasy. Maybe the most valuable in a month or two. But after that is a significant drop-off for me. Well, yeah, and if you listen to the show, and this is why you should be listening to the show, Greg Mish was on this soapbox last week about Brian Hill. He was all over this. It was painted black for the Falcons, and he was on the soapbox and had the Falcons logo on the side, and he was talking about Brian Hill. So uh, did he listen to himself? No, but if you listen to him, you already picked him up for nothing. Now I, this did, week, I, did, have... I did pick him up and start him in one league. In one league. Oh, you actually started him too. Wow, yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah, oh, you yeah. had to. That was the desperation scenario, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. So yeah, Brian Hill probably useful the rest of the year, potentially, when you consider that Freeman's time is kind of winding down here a little bit. Edo Smith is a non-factor. And then on top of which, you look at where we're at with Brian Hill in this role, which is kind of what Tevin Coleman used to do, and there's no reason why he can't be productive and Freeman can't be productive. So we'll see what happens. Right now, the health not great for Freeman. Tight end, look, I'm, uh, this is the fantasy pros list here that I'm, and I'm using here for these guys. Yeah, all these guys are owned in every league that I'm in virtually. Well, me too. But like, I think when they go through, this is like consensus. Again, consensus ownership when you're taking into account 10-team leagues and you keep you know, all through that. So Brian Hill, very low owned, obviously, no matter what. O.J. Howard, now that you've lost, you know, Kittle's been out on injury and now Hooper. O.J. Howard was dropped in a lot of leagues. O.J. Howard, probably you got to go back to that well because you look at what else is out there. I mean, it's what, it, what about Hollister on Seattle? Well, that'd be fine, except they're on a bye, Craig. No, I know, but like, I mean, I think right. that, I'm saying this week, oh, you got to win this right. week. Okay, you got to yeah. win this week. So so here's my question to you, Ryan Griffin or O.J. Howard? Who is Atlanta? Who is Atlanta's backup tight end? Uh, I I gotta go look. I, <laughs> that's who I want. He throws to that guy, whoever it is. I got I gotta like if the fact All that right. I don't know off the top of my head can't be a good thing. <laughs> you know, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe it is that simple. We'll see. Uh, Darius guys, if you haven't picked him up already, you might as well pick him up and see if you you know. Like I think him it. and Hill will be the guys that you look. And I think they need to play guys at this point. What are you doing? You've already fired the head coach. Callahan says he wants to run the football. Adrian Peterson is 174 years old. Let's go out there and run the football at guys and finally see what he is. Uh, Darius Slayton. This one, he's not on the waiver. I don't care what his percentage owned is. I can't find him available in any league. 
I, I hear you. I'm, I don't don't disagree. I think Darius Slayton should be should have been owned weeks ago. This was a guy we talked about weeks ago. Again, that's why you listen to the program. Um, Alexander Madison was dropped in a lot of leagues in the last couple of weeks. If you look at the trends, because Dalvin Cook's been so good that a lot of people are starting to be like, Ugh. and especially with the last two weeks of buys were so heavy where you had six teams on a buy and this, that a lot of people needed to make roster room and grab somebody else to start. So here's my thing about that. If he did get dropped by some odd reason, you must pick him up. He's a must own the rest of the season. God forbid Dalvin Cook goes down. Or even if Madison actually can play a little bit because he's shown you sometimes they do work together. Uh, J.D. McKissick is another one, again, by default. I don't love J.D. McKissick, but in a PPR, it's hard to imagine he doesn't get 10 points this week. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I, he's owned in every league that I'm playing in, too. I own him in one league. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not going to play him, but I have him. This next one is also perplexing because... I don't know what to make of this last game with Demarius Thomas. Everybody loved Robbie Anderson coming into this year. Right? Oh, yeah. Robbie Anderson's the guy, all this stuff. Then Demarius Thomas kind of shows up. And Crowder's been the steadiest wide receiver of all of them for the Jets. There's no doubt about that. But I, for one, wrote off Demarius Thomas. I'm kind of curious. Did you write him off? And should we be I'm writing, him, writing him off? Yeah, I'm not, okay. I'm, not in, I'm not in on this at all. Why? I'm curious. What's yeah, the I just I just think he had one good week. I think Robbie Anderson, look, I don't like him. I didn't like him in, at the beginning, but I, I do think that he'll have another good game at some point this year. I'm not just in on that. Luke uh, Stoker is the backup tight end, by the way, for the That's Falcons. the guy. That's the guy to own. That's the guy. Luke I'm Stoker. What you. college did Luke Stoker go to? No idea. Stoker Luke College. Stoker College. He went to Tennessee. 6'5", okay. Never heard of him. Uh, Luke Stoker. Oh, I remember Luke Stoker. That's right. He played for the Titans. Okay. His picture on the Falcons website is still of him on the Titans. Are you so, sure he's the starter? I feel like there's another name on on Atlanta. No, the uh, the third tight end on the depth chart is Jaden Graham. No. Okay. So that guy Stoker, I'm going to predict has a better game this week than OJ Howard. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to take that bet because OJ Howard's a complete disaster, but Uh, Cole Beasley is, was on the waiver wire in one of my leagues this morning. And we added him because we have nice. Yes. Cole Beasley is on there. Uh, That's the guy. I can't believe how good John Brown has been this year. I was shocked to see his numbers last night. He's somebody we're trying to trade for. 12 Very points, good. 10 points, 15, 12, 12, 12, 12, 10, 12, 15, 12. He's the anti digs. He hasn't had the big digs games, but he's got you 12 points every week. He's the floor, yeah. and digs is a ceiling type player. Uh, Deontay Johnson's still out there, but after James Washington had himself another good game, do you feel like this is just a scenario where you throw your hands up and you have no idea? Or is there one you actually like after seeing some of what you saw out of the. Uh, the Pittsburgh offense there with Juju continuing to kind of struggle with injuries and whatnot. Do you think that James Washington, Deontay Johnson are either of these guys options right now? Hard to start either. Yeah, really hard to start either guy. I mean, you still have to start Juju and hope, but nah, I don't think so. I mean, Vance McDonald's now healthy and getting back active again, catching passes. So what are your thoughts on Dallas Goddard too? Because there's another name where you're looking at tight end and they, have they are playing the Patriots yeah. and they're going to be all over Ertz. You know, Ertz is going to be the guy they stop because that's their best weapon. That's what the Patriots do. Yeah, so but they didn't stop Lamar Jackson. You never know. Well, no one can stop Lamar Jackson. There's the difference. But you never know. Uh, Goddard is like a touchdown, like non-PPR type starter for me. I think. So him or OJ Howard? I'd rather start the Atlanta guy. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, now, I, I would definitely start the Atlanta. Look, Austin Hooper's good, but Matt Ryan loves the tight ends. He's a target tight end guy. He's going to throw to that guy. That guy is going to have four catches for 50 yards this week. By the way, Luke, Luke Stoker has played in the NFL since 2011. He played with Tampa. I feel like we're missing a year. name there, man. I know that. I know. <laughs> I'm looking I feel at the like, official depth chart. No, I know, but Falcons. I feel like in the Falcons games that I've watched, there's, there's been another guy. Maybe what he's not a tight end. Maybe I don't know. But maybe so. a tight end. 
And um, Does he have any catches this year, Stoker? Uh, this year he has nine targets, six catches, and uh, zero touchdowns. Last year for Tennessee, he started 11 games, played in 16. He had 21 targets. He got 15 of them, two touchdowns for 165. And um, basically his career is um, not good. I mean, you look back, he's a little Do they have like anyone listed as an H-back? Uh, now nah, I got to go back to the other thing because I closed okay. it. I, I don't know. I, I, but, would, uh, I would guess we're getting something out of a backup in Atlanta. That's my prediction for this week. And again, remember, no Sanu either, Joe. Like, I'm telling you, there's going to be a guy on Atlanta on Monday when we're doing the game stuff. We're going to say this guy scored. And you know, right, I'm going to I'm going to go through these names. You tell me anybody here rings a bell to you. OK, OK, so I already gave you the two tight ends. Jaden Graham. All no, he's, a, he's a no. That guy I've never okay. heard. <clears throat> the wide receivers they have left here. Obviously, it's Julio. Right. Um, Ridley. Yeah. Ridley. Justin Hardy. Is that the guy you're thinking? Oh, no, I know him. Russell Cage. Christian Blake. Alamande Zacchaeus. Uh, no. Then in the running backs, you got Devontae no, Freeman, yeah. Ryan Hill, Kenyon Barner, and Quadre Allison. No, none of those guys. And then Keith Smith is a fullback. So I think that uh, I it's think you're seeing things. Stalker is the guy. Yeah. Well, Stalker this week gets 10 fantasy points. Mark <laughs> it down. Mark it down. Take a picture. <laughs> write it down. Over under nine and a half points. Over nine and a half points for Stalker on Atlanta. Oh, God. Well, my problem is if he just does catch a touchdown, that'll do it, though. <laughs> That's the I'm problem. I'm telling you now. He lo- Matt Ryan through the year. Who are they playing this week again? Does it matter? Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> I, I, will, I will go with the yes, it does matter. Um, uh, let's see. Is that Carolina? I want to say Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. I was At right. Carolina. There. At Carolina. Total is 50. Uh, I don't know, man. Feels like a Julio game to me. No, <laughs> like, like a soccer game to me. All right, I will. I will take the under on the nine. All right, there you go. I'll take the under there. Oh, I'll right. play it safe with Stalker. He's got a career of of being a, a blocking tight end. I don't know where this comes from all of a sudden. But how was your show, by the way? Because I assume that's, that's what you've been alluding to. Well, yesterday it was a mercy rule, and didn't you get your show? Oh yes, I watched the uh, Mandalorian. And uh, did, you were yeah. one of the few people that I guess you, Disney Plus was working for. I heard a lot of people bitching on the internet that it wasn't working right. Oh no, it was fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Excellent. As good as anything that I've seen in the new stuff, without a doubt. The only disappointment for me was, uh, I, okay, so what happened was I do the carpool for my kids. So mm-hmm. I caught the first like 15 minutes just to see what it was about and then was really excited to watch the rest. And in between that time and then the baseball game and I was just on social media and what I saw people complaining about was, and of course, Disney, they're geniuses. If you got that one week trial for six ninety nine, guess what you don't get? The Mandalorian, the season, because they don't put it. They didn't put it all out. They only put one. I just saw a thing where they're releasing it once a week. Very smart. Is, <laughs> yeah, very smart. Not and the way that I want to do it. But nope. And remember what I told you? I said, yeah, I'll probably screw around with it in January. I'll probably for the new year, I'll buy it when football season's over and I'll have time to watch stuff. And look at that. I could just watch it all in one day. I could sit there in my pajamas and watch. The I whole know. Thing. I really want to see the second one. Now, I've been watching The Watchmen on HBO, which is excellent. But again, you kind of had to see the film or read the graphic novel to really enjoy it at the high end level of what's going on. But, ooh, baby, that is a good show. Lots of dark, dark gray of what's right and wrong and all this stuff. And that's why The Watchmen's cool. I you, I think we had talked about this. You've never seen The Watchmen, right? Or read it? I have not. Very good. As, as Very have good. most people not. No, nah, I wouldn't say most people. Pretty darn popular. Popular enough to make an HBO series spinoff. Not as much as... as uh, it's the biggest selling graphic novel of all time. Never even heard of it. You never heard of the Watchmen? I've never heard of the tight end either. <laughs> Doesn't matter. One thing right now, tight I end heard is- that's on uh, Disney Plus that makes me excited, but this might be showing my age just a little bit less than yours. Uh, is the I heard the X Men cartoon series is on there, 
which was very, very good. But again, that was kind of my youth. I think you were a little older than me, so you probably missed out oh, on that. But yeah. the X-Men cartoon series, if that is true and is on there, my God, that is spectacular stuff. That would be very cool to watch. I think my kids would actually enjoy that too. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I'll look. I, I'll be in. A, I was kind of surfing through some of the things. It was interesting. See, it'd be great for my kids. All the old uh, Disney shows are on there. All right, uh, coming up next, we uh, have uh, Joe and I have two baseball mock drafts going on right now. Uh, Joe's is done. Mine is still in the middle stages of it. We'll dive into that and see what Joe ended up doing. What I ended up doing. We will turn next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. Coming up in 15 minutes from now, it is full-time fantasy. As Dr. Roto takes over the microphone for an hour as going through all of the news and notes in the NFL and fantasy and helping you pick out some gems for this week. And Joe, we'll get back into full football conversation tomorrow. Is the wrong team favored and trust or bust and a little college football discussion with John Lobb. We do all of that on Thursday, but we figured since we do have some time to do a little baseball, we'll close out the show with a little bit more baseball discussion. We had the way, 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 way too early mock draft for 2020. Uh, Nick over at Pitcher List put this together. You were in a league. I am in a league. Mine is going extremely slow. Yours went slow, but like mine is mine is like carrier pigeon slow. Getting- <laughs> we have two rounds left. That's where we're at. So yeah, we, we will have, finish up today. We have a lot more left. But uh, the good news is, is that at least it gives us an idea as to what some of the experts think. And, I guess we could kind of run through that for a bit here. All right. So how do you want me to do this? You want me to just give you the team and then give you the pitching staff, give you the offense and the uh, yeah, pitching? Let's hear, let's hear who you ended up getting. All right. So here we go. I was from the one spot. So here's what I ended up getting. Uh, Mitch Garver is my catcher. It's a single catcher league because we're not crazy with the two catchers. Stupid. Uh, so Mitch Garver, catcher. Uh, first base, Carlos Santana from the Cleveland Indians. Jose Altuve, my spirit animal at second base. Rafael Devers at third base, Jorge Polanco coming off a great season at short, Mike Trout, Jorge Soler, Trey Mancini's the outfield, the two utility bat spots, I've got Gleber Torres and Nomar Mazzara. So offensively, that's the team. I only have one bench player right now. Uh, it's a four-man bench, one offensive bench player, and it's Adam Eaton. So that's that's my extra guy there. So uh, what do you think of that? The core building there is obviously Trout. Altuve, Devers, and Gleber Torres. Those are the big four. Sounds good to me, man. I mean, you you get Trout. It's, it, it's like a game changer in most leagues. The interesting name for me that I heard there was Mazzara. I don't think he'll be back with Texas. I think they'll trade him, so I'm curious where he ends up. But And that could help or hurt. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that you got a lot there. I mean, who are your uh, runs and stolen bases, like top of the lineup guys? 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you're looking at runs I don't have a problem with because between Devers, Altuve, Trout, my team's going to score runs because they hit home runs. That's that's the fun thing about home run hitting is you also score a run for that. I am low on stolen bases. Um, there's still guys like D Gordon hanging out there right now. Yeah, you could get him, yeah. You know, like I could go take that guy and be like, okay, whatever, I'll take him. There's guys out there. I'll figure out stolen bases. I'm looking at this year and I'm saying to myself, if you don't have power, you can't even compete. And I don't care what they do the ball next year, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's power and everybody else. And between Solaire and Mancini seasons, even if they just have something close to it, I feel like I have enough power there to really, especially I was surprised that Mitch Garver fell as long as he did. I got him really late and I don't love drafting catcher, but man, well, really? when you look at, uh, we'll look here for you a second. Uh, I got him in the 15th round. He went in the 12th in mine. Yeah. So three rounds later and I was a, a Garver was another guy hit towards the top of the lineup. Good average. I mean, even if he just hits 25 bombs, that's that's really nice for a catcher. All right, here's the pitching staff. You ready again now? I went all starting pitching. I have zero relievers. That's what I did with this team. Okay. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it yeah, doesn't. I don't, I don't draft relievers till the end anyway. So well, I draft, here's, my first reliever was the 12th round. I don't even have another one. Go ahead. Patrick Corbin, Jose Barrios, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Wheeler, Mike Miner, Jake Odorizzi, Annabelle Sanchez, Julio Teheran, Dylan Cease, AJ Puck. Yeah, it seems really solid. A lot of, I mean, especially the first five. If they stay yeah. healthy, obviously that's the key to all that. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I did this intentionally because after those couple guys flew off the board, like we talked about last week, when those relievers went off, I said, okay, I really don't feel great about any of these guys keeping jobs or whatever. So why would I? in this day and age of pitching of injuries, why would I do anything but take a bunch of starting pitchers and try to win strikeouts, wins, or quality starts or what have you, right. and just try to dominate from with all the innings so that I'm going to get from my guys who are actually on there, giving you good quality innings. And I look at some of these other rotations where basically – once you drop, like even the number two team, right? Walker Bueller, Trevor Bauer, Eduardo Rodriguez. Trevor Bauer is very volatile. Then after that, his rotations: Kenta Maeda, Jose Quintana, Kyle Gibson. That's not a great back in the rotation. Um, no innings from those guys. That's basically right. Exactly. Um, here's another one: Clayton Kershaw, Charlie Morton, James Paxton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's pretty. This one's better. Kyle Hendricks, Lance Lynn. Yeah, Could, Lance Lynn had a great year last he year. He did. He did. But then by the end, you're talking about Herman Marquez, Ross Stripling, guys who could undo everything that's good. Uh, Luis Castillo, Corey Kluber, Tyler Glasnell, Zach Gallon, Frankie Montas. That's a that's a big risk. Big risk. Big risk, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Sale, Zach Greinke, Luis Severino, David Price. That's better. Yeah. Better. Yeah, got, I got some high end guys there. Yeah. High and low for, for sure in terms of risk, though, too. Sale can not be as much risk. as the other team. The other team. No, but I think that's a good one, too. By the way, that is Scott Bogman, Mr. Blackbook. So with me. So uh, Mike Clevenger, Hugh Darvish, Max Freed, Caleb Smith, Jose Yaquiti. I mean, a couple top top are good. The rest, ooh, I don't know. Clevenger, Darvish, then Max Freed, Caleb Smith, Jose Yacuti. I don't, yeah, I don't three, think that's three, enough. Three, four, five is not nearly as strong enough. Nope. Uh, here's another one. You never know with this. Now, that guy years. has three relievers on his roster already. I'm trying okay, to make so a that's point. the direction he went. Okay. Okay. So this team has one, two, three, four, five relievers on his team already. Shane Bieber, Jack Flaherty, Brandon Woodruff. That's it. 
So he's and going that, for ratios. And Joe Musgrove. Oh, but he's, he's it's a head to, isn't it a head to head format though, like they said before? No, ours is five by five. Oh, it is. Uh, okay, mine is, I yeah. guess, head to head. Yours All is right. different. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one obviously Garrett Cole is always good. Blake Snell, then Domingo Herman, Andrew Heaney, Chris Archer, Mike Fultonevich, Evaldi. That's a lot yeah. of volatility. Yeah. yeah. Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Mike Soroka, Jesus Lazardo, Luke Weaver, Marcus Stroman. Mm, that's stronger than stronger because you got Scherzer at the top, and the other yeah, two are I, good. The, the first yeah. three are all good. But you could see the the trend here is you know you can get one or two, and then after that, I would rather have the kind of rotation. And I I'll tell you right now, I don't have Verlander, I don't have a Scherzer, I don't have that guy. But I think between Corbin, Barrios, Bumgarner, Wheeler. Mike Miner, we're talking about all guys are going to have 190 strikeouts. And like all of a sudden, that's like a thousand strikeouts between five guys. Does it matter where Wheeler pitches? For me, not so much. I mean, I think Wheeler is, is going to be Wheeler. He's going to be good and bad. Yeah, I mean, if he's in Milwaukee or Cincinnati, I'm not sure about that. That's the only. No, guys have gone to Milwaukee. Well, look at what good Woodruff was in Milwaukee last year. I don't know. And, and I don't know. Who we, else in the last five years? I mean, Ben Sheets was really good in Milwaukee oh, when that, he was yeah, 10 years ago. I'm just trying to think of pitchers. They just haven't had a good run of bringing up any good pitchers. Like, they, they've they struggled as an organization for pitching. Jeff, Jim, I mean, Jimmy uh, Nelson was probably the best one, and he wasn't. Jimmy Nelson good. was good until he got hurt. They they haven't had good pitching pipeline, and on top of that, they've gotten hurt when they had them. So it's not like you can't be good in, in Milwaukee. I just don't a think very, they, very pitcher friend, or hitter-friendly park. That's that's the issue there. It is, which is ironic because you I'm look at I'm not saying Wheeler's going to Milwaukee at all. I just, I'm throwing it out there as a pilot. And the Cincinnati no. would be, too. Just, I don't think that division would be favorable. I'm not sure where Jake Odorizzi ends up either, but that's another yeah. guy. That I I feel like Jake Odorizzi is a pretty good pitcher. Like he doesn't. I'd love to see Jake Odorizzi go to a National League team. I really would. I, I think he'd be better, and he's going to throw innings. He's going to. He's going to throw. That's what I mean. I, and you know what? I know Annabelle Sanchez isn't the sexiest pick, but I'll tell you what. The end of twenty second half of twenty eighteen, he was very good. Most of last year, he was very good. So, and I actually think Dylan Cease and AJ Puck are two guys that are going to contribute. Dylan Cease, when you look at the the track record uh, the last month or so of the season, you look at the game log game log was very good. Like he started to figure they're it out in game picks anyway. Well, that's the whole thing. And well, how Puck do you is not throwing a hundred innings, but well, where know. are you at so far? I know you're only like two picks in, but uh, no, I'm in, I'm a uh, 14 picks in. Um, what slot were you in? Uh, toward the back end. Right, you were like ten or something. Uh, nine. Nine. Okay, I think nine. Uh, Arenado, JD Martinez, Tatis. Love Tatis. Yeah, he steals bases too. Strasburg, Paddock, Benatendi, Goldschmidt, Soler, Robbie Ray, Brandon Lau, Sean Manaya, Roselli Iglesias, Gene Segura. I don't know why Gene Segura is falling this far. Oh, right he's. Out. Yeah, Un- undrafted. So far I, don't I don't know either. What, is there something? Something happened to him? I don't know. Um, Did he get arrested? I have no idea. He's uh, still undrafted, dude. I have two picks. How is it possible? Here's he the still- guys that are still on the board of maybe. Note. Maybe I missed something with with Segura. No, you didn't. I same thing. He just doesn't steal bases like he used to. Gene Segura, Edwin Encarnacion, D. Gordon, Casey Mize, David Peralta. Uh, Mike Fires, Justin Upton, Robinson Cano, Luke Voigt, Willie Adams, Didi Gregorius, all undrafted still. Wow. Unbelievable, I think. I, I go back go back a couple names. You said some oh Manaya. 
that was a guy that I picked up in a lot of leagues when he was doing rehab. You know, I got I got him in a keeper league. For he a looked buck. really good when he came back he at the end. Really of last year. good when he came back, yeah. and that's my, my. I guess my question for you is this: Is that a mirage because it's September and because you would get call ups sometimes? It could be, but but I mean, Strasburg, Paddock, and Ray. I think I'm getting 200 strikeouts from all three. So I took a stab with Manaya for some ratios, and then I'll and then I'll go back to pitching again now soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to change. Brandon Lau should go higher in drafts. He was really good. I, I don't. I mean, and second base, I think, is going to end up being really thin. It's, it's, it's what I'm thinking. definitely going to be. Well, that's why I went with Altuve with my second pick. I mean, I had the turn there, so I went Altuve Endeavors, and I, I'm there's not a lot. There isn't, and I mean, maybe you get a guy like Lux who comes up and and hits. Maybe right. that's the kind of guy. Yeah, that's you, a possibility. Yeah, that's that's a shot you got to take. But I, I'm in five by five, which is again on my favorite format. I am staying very, very true to the comp, the idea of I need home runs and I need pitcher strikeouts. And if I can compete with those things, I'll figure out stolen bases. I will figure out saves. I would rather spend fab on saves than try to spend fab trying to chase offense because I don't think if you if you're behind an offense, I feel like you're done. Now, like you're just toast. It, it, in the it power killed category. me last year. That's for sure. I went heavy on mm-hmm. pitching and not as much on hitting, and it de- it definitely hurt me there, no doubt. All right, uh, we'll be back on tomorrow's show, and we'll touch on a lot more football and less baseball. But since it is Wednesday and we're in the midweek portion, we like to touch on some other sports, which certainly we will do and be all encompassing here on fantasy sports today. Uh, but coming up next, we will have the two minute warning. And then, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Joe and I will be back tomorrow. We'll take care of some of the betting with the wrong team being favored in the NFL. There are some decent lines to look at this week, so we will do that. We'll also touch on some college football with John Lobb. And then on Friday, I'll be back with Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports and looking forward to that conversation as well. And uh, and then we'll head over toward the weekend. Don't forget, again, download the Zumo TV app so you can watch all of our TV programming. By the way, it is completely free, the Zumo TV app. So what are you waiting for? Download that thing. Watch all of, all of our program, all of our shows, including our producer, Sean Guastamaki, does a great job at 4 o'clock Eastern on his At The Betting Window show. All right, uh, final time out here on the show. Two-minute warning coming up next. And then we wrap it all up for this Wednesday right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Pizapia, Craig Mish with you here on the show. We'll be back in just two, two and a half minutes. Don't go away. To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? 
We end the show today with the genius that is Disney Plus. My gosh, they suck you in, they take your money, and they know exactly what they are doing. Unlike Netflix, they released this show called Mandalorian, Star Wars show. And arguably, John Favreau has put together one of the great new series that's going to appear on Disney Plus, except for they neglect to mention that only the first episode is available. So binge watching may be a thing for Netflix, but at least for the time being, it's not something for Disney. And so we all await next week and wait and wait and wait for the next episode to pop up on Disney Plus while Joe Pizzapia does no waiting whatsoever and decides he's going to binge the show all at once in December. Probably a better decision than the one that I made, but nonetheless, they got me. I'm in. Disney did it once again. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I am Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is coming up next. Joe and I will be back tomorrow at noon for all of the fun shenanigans ensuing. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon right here on Fantasy Sports Today. See ya.